You're listening to the On the Go with VAO News Podcast for the week ending June 19th, 2015. Hello and welcome back. This is our Friday recap of some of the top headlines from this week's daily acquisition news presented in a fast and mobile format so you can stay caught up on the most important federal contracting news no matter where you are. Thanks for joining us today. I'm Bill Olver, VAO content developer and senior news writer. And I am Bill's colleague, content developer and fellow news writer, Dara Curran. Hi, everyone. As Bill mentioned, we are going to get started with a brief overview of some of the week's significant headlines, and then Bill and I will dive into the discussion portion of our broadcast, where we take a closer look at a hot topic or intriguing trend that's caught our eye while we covered the week's acquisition developments. Bill, you want to start us off? Yeah, let's take a look at some of the legislative activity we've seen this week. We've got a couple of interesting bills. Uh, one bill introduced in the Senate would streamline the federal hiring process a little bit. The Competitive Service Act would allow agencies to review and select job candidates from a list of qualified candidates already vetted by other agencies. Now, this would help eliminate some redundant processes, effectively allowing agencies to share applicants who have already gone through a competitive assessment and been certified as eligible for hiring. Now, currently, agencies are not allowed to share that information on their applicant pool, which makes the hiring process especially slow and cumbersome for both sides, as has been well reported. Oh, my gosh, yes. Yes. Uh, this week, we also saw the Program Management Improvement and Accountability Act introduced in the Senate. The bill is intended to introduce some private sector best practices into federal program management. In part, the measure would direct the Office of Personnel Management to create a specialized job series for program and project managers and require OMB to create a program management policy council to improve agency practices and review some high-risk programs. The bill also would require agencies to appoint program management improvement officers, and it would require OMB to roll out government-wide standards and develop a five-year strategic plan for program and project management. Now, a companion bill on this was also introduced in the House, and both bills have sponsors on both sides of the aisle, Democrat and Republican, so there's a good chance we'll be hearing more about this one. House and Senate versions of the fiscal year 2016 Interior and Environment Appropriations bills moved forward this week. The two chambers do have some distance to go to resolve differing dollar numbers, however. Uh, the House version would provide $30.17 billion in base funding, and that's as opposed to $30.01 billion in the Senate version, although that version also provides an additional $1.05 billion allocated for emergency fire suppression. I tell you, when I read that, I was like, oh my gosh, put the fires in California out, I guess, from the drought. That seems like a lot of money. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> they probably need it. I, they probably do. Um, anyway, uh, let's see. Uh, the Senate Appropriations Subcommittee on Homeland Security also approved its fiscal year 2016 funding measure. That would provide DHS with a total of $47.09 billion. Uh, that is a $765 million increase from the current year's enacted level. Uh, but there's no parallel House version of that yet. A bipartisan group of senators also introduced a measure uh, to establish a central oversight body within the General Services Administration. This would oversee agency travel and purchase card spending with the intent of reducing incidences of waste, fraud, and abuse. It is called the Saving Federal Dollars Through Better Use of Government Purchase and Travel Cards Act, and it would assign an organization at GSA called the Office of Federal Charge Card Analytics and Review to continuously monitor card transactions 
Nations government-wide with the idea of identifying patterns that would point to wasteful practices and inappropriate use. Now, this definitely uh, obviously stems at least in part from a May 2015 Inspector General report found more than $1 million in purchases had been made by Department of Defense employees at casinos and adult entertainment establishments between July 2013 and the end of June 2014. I'm not touching that one. I know. I I read adult entertainment establishments and, you know, I'm kind of like picturing in my head, oh, you know, those game places that rent out billiards tables and you can play skee-ball or maybe there's bumper cars. But I, yeah, I'm not, I'm not 100% sure that's that's what IG was talking about. Anyway, okay, Bill, you go. (laughs) Moving right along. GSA's 18F team has issued the RFQ for its Agile Development Services Blanket Purchase Agreement. This competition is open only to vendors on GSA Schedule 70, and they have to demonstrate their expertise with Agile development techniques, but also build a working prototype based on a government data set and make that product available to the public for comment. Now, that's similar to something that the, the Department of Health and Human Services Buyers Club has been trying, requiring vendors to go a step beyond the typical proposal process and actually demonstrate their services and abilities uh, before they obtain a contract. So it's a very interesting approach. Yeah, I think that's actually kind of a good idea. It's sort of like a little mini audition. And, yeah, you know, well, you know, yeah, put, put the proof in the pudding, people. Yeah. yeah, it seems that seems good. Uh DHS's Office of Inspector General has released a guide that's based on their findings from prior audit work, which is aimed at helping recipients of Federal Emergency Management Act disaster assistance grants to properly document, track, and account for those funds. The guide provides a comprehensive list of all the government regulation references that pertain to fund expenditures. That's a pretty long list. And it also summarizes the most common pitfalls that grant recipients and subrecipients have commonly fallen into, in addition to providing real-world examples for illustration purposes. Yeah, we, we've been getting a lot of requests for grant info, and I, I took a look at that one as well, and that was a lot of good information in that it's, it's directed at FEMA and, and disaster grant. You know, funding. Right, because those are uh, not, those people who don't normally probably necessarily receive federal funds, and they're in suddenly the thrown into this world of like, you know, huge documentation compliance and keep all your receipts and all of that stuff, you know, and right. it's, uh, yeah, but I, I particularly enjoyed the, you know, uh, Sally goes to buy, you know, hurricane shutters and, you know, fail, <laughs> fails to retain her documentation. Like, I really like the user stories of that. <laughs> yeah, but it's, but I think, I think it's definitely, I think it's still applicable to other grant. Other Absolutely. types of grants. I think I think it's it's a very good resource. I think it's worth checking out if you're in, in your, if you're in grants. Yes, so. definitely. We see the same things come up over and over again that have been you know um, um, weaknesses that have been identified right. in the documentation process. And so yeah, it's definitely universal right. whether or not you have you know tornadoes coming through. <laughs> right, right. Your allowable costs. It's competition and contracts, and yes. it's all all very good stuff. Universal in there. principles. Yep. Uh, the Defense Information Systems Agency has a new director. U.S. Army General Alan Lynn has been tapped to replace retiring Air Force Lieutenant General Ronnie Hawkins. Lynn has served as DISA's vice director since August 2013, and he'll transition to his new position this summer. And that's all we have for headlines. It was actually a fairly quiet week. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And we'll go to our discussion portion of the event. Right. So we had something interesting uh, actually come out in today's news um, that 
pertains to how the Department of Defense is doing its acquisitions. So Senate Armed Com- uh, Services Committee Chairman John McCain has been talking about a couple of provisions that were included in the National Defense Authorization Act for 2016. You know, he was quoted as saying, well, the Department of Defense has turned into, you know, the quintessence of everybody's responsible, so therefore nobody's responsible. And these provisions are aimed at turning that around. So one of the things that we do is more closely involve end user stakeholders in the entire life cycle of the acquisition it would it would start them right off from research and development and contract award and then you know kind of move them along through the program and in terms of you know countering that responsibility issue uh, this provision would assign a single person to helm each new weapon or service contract that would be ideally pulling from the service chief level. And here's the really interesting part. It would impose a financial penalty on the service branch that was responsible for that program if there's a cost overrun. Um, So, yeah, now this is, uh, you know, it's kind of a good idea in a way, but you're like, whoa, this is, I mean, it's really unprecedented. Um, as, as if the budgets aren't tight enough. I write it. Exactly. Gonna, I'm not really sure. How we're going to fine do. you. I, <laughs> now, the provisions, it would only apply to procurements that, um, you know, were launched after 2009. And, you know, there's plenty of joint things like JSF. So in cases that are, you know, sort of like a multi-branch effort, uh, the Secretary of Defense would be in charge of, you know, okay, picking who is going to be in charge. But, you know, it is kind of an interesting idea, at least let's leave the penalty part aside uh, for right now. But while you do need a number of people at the table, it's who is ultimately the decision maker, you know, who is ultimately responsible, um, you know, for... For that, it, you know, McCain had cited the example of, you know, he, he had asked a Navy service chief about a very significant cost overrun in one of the programs. And he said, well, what does that step from? And uh, and McCain said, you know, he was really he was very concerned because, you know, that Navy person was not really sure where it came from. So, you know, it's uh, I see kind of where he's co- coming from with this. Yeah, we've. It, it is under it is understandable. I mean, obviously, you know, overruns in defense spending programs, especially the, with the major weapon systems. I mean, that's obviously right. a huge. A little a, a little overrun stuff. is like you know huge. Right, it's <laughs> so. a huge portion of their budget, and you know, so you know, and and it has had big overruns. You know, we're not talking you know small dollar amounts here. Yes. Um, interestingly, this week we you know GAO also issued a report uh, that we covered uh, that discussed similar concerns. Uh, from the military service chiefs themselves saying – and they, they said they didn't think that the requirements process and the acquisition process uh, were very well integrated or very well aligned. Right. Um, now, you know, the service chiefs are responsible for developing requirements, and they pass them off – you know, they pass them off to the, to the program, to the acquisition, and, and they told GEO that these requirements often change after the programs are handed off to acquisition, and, and they're, sometimes they're caught by surprise um, – when there's a cost or schedule overrun or when there's a performance problem. Now, a couple of things, though. GEO did say that, you know, they have – there have been numerous studies of DOD's acquisition processes, and they have not uncovered any evidence that involving the service chiefs in the direct acquisition process would improve program outcomes. And they also found that, you know, they also said that, that the chiefs have multiple opportunities to be involved in managing the their defense programs. Um, there's program reviews. There's milestone decisions. There's other oversight recommendations. Um, Frank Kendall has said this a couple of times. Under Secretary of Defense for Acquisition Technology and Logistics, uh, Mr. Kendall, 
couple of times this year um, has given speeches where, where this proposal to involve the service chiefs has come up. Um, and he's welcomed them to be more involved in the acquisition process. And I love Frank Kendall. He always calls it like it is because his, his quote in, in one of one of his you know, one of his talks was, you know, I, I can't recall when we had a service chief come to an acquisition board meeting, but I would love to see. <laughs> so he, I just, I love Frank yeah. Kendall because he's not afraid to just say, come to the meeting, you, you know. So, um, you know, Kendall's also said that, you know, the service chiefs don't have the expertise to structure a program, to choose a contract type, to mitigate risk. They're not, that's not where their expertise right. lies. They're not contracting people. They're not program people. So they're, they, they're not, they might not know what the best way to go about it is. Instead, you know, he's suggested that the service chief focus on areas where they have pull, which is building up the acquisition workforce, um, you know, ensuring that senior military officials are willing to adjust system requirements as needs arise and also helping their services maintain realistic budgets. So there's there's a lot of things, you know, a lot of places where the service chiefs can be more involved. And according to Frank Kendall and also to GAO, they're already there. So we'll see where this legislation goes. It'll be interesting to see where this goes and how they can see about implementing it, you know, what actual practical steps they think are, are necessary and and where they're going to try to insert the service chiefs here, if this even gets in into the bill. We'll see. But it's right, an yeah. interesting topic. And, uh, you know, I do know, I remember one thing from that GEO report is, you know, when they did kind of drill down to the main causes of why the prices were going up, it, it wasn't things like, we need it to see in the dark and like, you know, all these, you know, and we need stealth bombing technology. And it was just developing the basic requirements. And so that was that it all came down to the foundational capabilities when they really fleshed out what it was going to take to get that into place. That was where the costs were coming from. And so, you know, they I, they basically said better requirements development. And I think that that's um how often do we hear that? <laughs> right, exactly, exactly. So, you know, it, in a way, it almost ties back to the, the prototype that we talked about with, uh, you know, the IT acquisitions. It's, you know, you really do need to think it up to, you know, that very first level where you're actually going to create a, a thing and not just be like, well, it should be shiny and fly fast, right? So, which I, right. I, I don't mean to belittle. I know it's so much more complex than that. But but that does seem to be, you know, like proof in the pudding again. That seems right. to be where, knowing, you know, where the rubber hits the road before we, you know, throw any more metaphors in here. So, okay, <laughs> we are done for this week, people. We hope you enjoyed the podcast. You can find links to all of these headlines that we recapped for this week's podcast and further reading on VAO, and it'll be on the same page where you downloaded this podcast, so you can refer to anything there. You also can comment about the podcast. We'd love to have your feedback on either the format or the content or anything else that you would like to tell us. Yes, we'll be back next Friday, June 26th, with our next weekly news recap. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks. Bye.